Welcome back to another bite-sized episode of the Backlog Breakdown. Now, on this uh, video game podcast this week, we are not talking about video games at all. Yay, because I'm a little bit of a weeb, and I've been reading manga a lot lately. If, if you've been keeping up with the podcast, um, I've mentioned how I've been really getting into Roroni Kenshin in a number of different ways. And so I wanted to gush a little bit, and that's kind of what these bite-sized episodes are are about so uh sorry not sorry but uh yeah this is gonna be about manga so here we go roni kenshin if you've never heard of roni kenshin it is well like i said it's a manga and it was released uh back in shonen jump magazine over in japan from 1994 to 1999 so it is not uh, a spring chicken or anything like that it's been around for quite a while at this point but i just finished it up thank you uh shonen jump your website and app that allows me to read all this old manga. Um, I had originally kind of gotten into it a bit in high school when I had a subscription to like the physical Shonen Jump magazine, but here uh, lately, I never actually finished it. And I have a bunch of the volumes of the graphic novels sitting in my garage, probably like the first 20 of them, which is most of the manga, but I never actually finished out that collection, which I might have to go back and do because now that I finished it, I think it's fantastic. But anyways, uh, that's a little bit about how I got into Ronin Kenshin. If you don't know what this is, um, Ronin Kenshin, like I said, it's a manga. It's about this main character. He goes by Kenshin. We'll, we'll just call him Kenshin for now. Um, but uh, here, what Wikipedia says <laughs> uh, is that the story begins in the 11th year of the Meiji period in Japan, which is about 1878, and follows a former assassin from the Bakamats, also known as Hitokiri Batosai. So huh, what, what do all those weird Japanese words actually mean? Well, the Meiji period in Japan, it was basically, okay, there was this warring states period in Japan where all these different uh, shoguns were were fighting over Japan, okay? All these different factions were trying to take a hold of Japan. And the Meiji, uh, well, it eventually became the Meiji government. It was basically like the winning faction over Japan to become what it is, uh, well, what it's evolved to nowadays. But regardless, the Meiji was this period of peace because finally someone had won out. So um, the, the story follows this character 11 years into the Meiji period. So this is like super, you know, it's just a little over a decade into this period of peace. So before this, like Japan was just a ton of warring factions of, of all these fighting samurai. And uh, like it says, one of the former assassins, one of the, one of the main guys, like, you know, this guy, he, the Hitokiri Batosai, um, basically the, the English translation is something like manslayer. So he's, he was, he was kind of a hired hand, sort of a little bit assassin kind of guy, but he was like the real deal. Like you would not want this guy coming after you because he was ruthless in his killings. Like he, he was just one of the best swordsmen. And he's known by his red hair, and then later by this cross-shaped scar on his cheek, which goes into the story. So anyways, um, this manga, it's, it's a bit of a historical manga. It's, it's historical fiction, I'll say that. So it's set in this period that actually happened in Japan, uh, but the story itself... Uh, it follows this character who has done some very horrible things. Like he, he was you know, again this idea of an assassin. He was a manslayer. Like he's killed a ton of people um, because of what he believed and what he believed was best for the future of Japan. And now that in, they're in this time of peace, 
Um, he plays his character who, who, who plays it really cool. Um, but the stories kind of in, in the manga revolve around kind of the, um, consequences of his actions of the things that he has done and what and the the tumult that japan has has gone through and the characters that it has produced because of that so that sounds pretty intense but uh also let me assure you this again this was in shonen jump so this is a shonen manga if you're not familiar with manga shonen is basically a designation for like teenage boys you know so like 13 to 16 somewhere around there like it, it's not it's not an adult manga like it it tackles some some heavy themes at times which is one of the reasons why i absolutely love it but it is geared towards that kind of younger audience if that makes sense it i mean it's sort of like it's sort of like american comic books you know you think of kind of the popular marvel comic book something like spider-man that i also love and that touches on some of these same themes um where you know it's <laughs> Yes, it has a lot to say to all different kinds of people, and it definitely touches on something, you know, with Spider-Man, the whole, like, taking responsibility thing there. Uh, it, it speaks to even someone in his young 30s, uh, <laughs> you know, something like that. But it's also geared towards that teenage kind of demographic. So um, this manga does have lots of blood. <laughs> it does have killing. It does have fighting and things like that. Um, but it's not grotesque. It's not over the top in a lot of the things that it covers. Um, in fact, you'll be happy to know that uh, to, to my recollection of, of reading it over the past few months, I don't even recall it having any at all kind of sexual themes like of course there's a joke played every any every once in a while but it's not like explicitly sexual in nature which some of these types of manga and anime tend to do i'm pretty sure you know what i'm talking about that doesn't ever really creep in at all that i can remember that comes to mind in this manga so it's it's pretty safe in that arena but there's lots of violence um, it's not like overly gory, but there are certain scenes that are like, oh yeah, because it's dealing with the ramifications of this man who like knows how to kill very, very well. And he comes up against these guys who want to plunge Japan back into the same place where it was. So yes, there's fighting, there's blood and there's you know you see dead people as well even if it's not like overly it's horrific or intense so the manga itself is split up into three main arcs um, the first arc is basically just where you get to know kind of the core main characters of the manga the you know half a dozen kind of people that the manga will eventually revolve around now of course kenshin is your your main protagonist but it, it being a shonen manga as well <laughs> there are a cast of characters there are multiple characters that you'll have to get to know and the first arc is pretty much you know it has some it has some story to it as well it pretty much just sets you in this time period it introduces these different characters and shows kind of their their bent and their thoughts on life and their like where they are coming from 
the second main arc, so it consists of three arcs. I can't remember if I said that. The second main arc introduces a a, a antagonist uh, to Kenshin, uh, Shishio Makoto, who was basically the successor of that that Hitokiri Batosai, the the manslayer name. That once uh, Kenshin decided that he was going to step away from that, like he's not killing anymore, Meiji period was ushered in. Then this guy stepped in and said, "Okay, well, I'm going to take the." mantle basically i'm going to become the next manslayer and so uh you see through this arc it's kind of kenshin wrestling with the fact that like oh i've kind of blazed this trail for others to follow um and so it's up to me like there's responsibility placed on kenshin to well sort of take him out or prevent him from sending japan back into uh this the, the warring states period basically and, and totally disrupting the new uh government. And then the third and final arc introduces another uh, antagonist, uh, Anishi Yokishiro. And uh, this guy, I don't want to give away too much. Th- this is really just an overview of the manga itself. Um, I was a little, I, I wasn't sure what I was getting into, especially after Shishio, because Shishio is such a cool character, I thought. He's kind of the the, the joker to, you know, uh, Kenshin's Batman. Sort of, not quite that insane, but man, uh, he, he's, a, he's a very good antagonist. And so when Anishi comes in and he's kind of this younger dude, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't too sure about him. Um, but all, what I want to say is that this arc forces Kenshin to confront his past and what the, it basically confront the effect of what he had done in a different way on a more personal level, the things that he had done and how it affected the people around him particularly. And it's funny because even as I explain these things, I'm seeing in my mind the connection to the aforementioned Spider-Man where I think Peter Parker kind of uh, fights with that a lot in a lot of the the Spider-Man stories that I tend to gravitate towards. Um, I'm seeing that in Kenshin as well. And the way that this arc plays out, even if it's I would say personally is not quite as consistent as the other, well, as the second one. Second arc is probably my favorite, but it it does do some really cool things. And once you kind of get through some of the more kind of standard things that are going on, um, and uh, the the writer Watsuki San actually kind of like shows you what he was doing the entire time. Uh, man, it it wraps it up very well, and uh, the, it, overall it is a very very consistent story. So those are kind of the three main arcs of the manga. Like I said, this is an overview. I don't want to do kind of a deep dive, but I wanted to say after finishing this manga, this is now hands down my favorite manga that I've ever, not that I've finished very many, but you know, I've started a handful of them. I've talked about Yu-Gi-Oh a lot. <laughs> um, and now finishing Roni Kenshin, it was just a, a reaffirmation that, yeah, man, this is some top tier stuff for sure. Um, Watsuki-san is a fantastic mangaka. Uh, his artwork, I think from beginning to end is is awesome. Uh, it only gets better. You know, again, when I talked about Yu-Gi-Oh, uh, the, you know, the, it's not the best art in, in Yu-Gi-Oh. He certainly gets better over the course of time. 
but it's not the best. Whereas Watsuki-san is fantastic. I, I think he's great. And he is also able to do, um, he, he's able to not necessarily change his styles, but change the uh, tone based on the way that he's writing really well. So he inserts a lot of jokes and a lot of the way that people react. Um, you know, he'll draw little chibi characters and have them say something on the side where um, it, it just it just kind of shows his prowess as a mangaka and, and how he is able to, uh, you know, shift tone, but not in a way that takes away from the story, but kind of adds to it and gives it his own little flair. So that said, this is my favorite manga. Why? That's that's really what I'm here to explain. <laughs> now that we've gone through all kind of the basics of what it is, why do I love this so much? Well, I, I think it's two main things. And, and the first is that it's it really comes down to the characters in the manga. Uh, of course, Kenshin is your main protagonist, and and he's fantastic. And, well, that's, that's the other reason. Um, but the whole cast of characters are extremely well done and the way that they play off of each other and the way that they cause each other to grow throughout the course of the manga really makes this one something special. The writing is just really well done because each of the main characters that you have throughout the course of the story have their own personality. You know, we've talked on the podcast before about, uh, do I have to bring him up again? Ernest Klein and the way that he writes, a lot of the characters are just the same character done with different... <laughs> with one little check mark uh, that's a little bit different than, than someone else, but they all talk the same. They're, they're all basically the same character, whereas here you have very distinct personalities with the different characters. And not only do they have distinct personalities, they all have their own motivations. Like, they don't all align with Kenshin and say that he is always right. Like, sometimes they even... Uh, they go against what Kenshin has, uh, you know, that, that even some of his closest confidants don't agree with him 100%. Uh, and, and some of, like, the main characters actually very much disagree with him and would rather see Kenshin dead, but are kind of teaming up with him out of not necessarily convenience, um, but for the sake of, of what they're trying to, do, you know, take down one of the antagonists or something like that. So, and, and you really get to see their motivations. It's not just kind of like, eh, yeah, I'll, I'll just tag along kind of a thing, but they, they actually have their own um, personality and motivation and they have their own story arcs. Like the characters in this manga actually grow and uh, it's primarily through hardship. Sometimes you will go chapters of the manga without even seeing Kenshin. And while sometimes that may seem like it drags a little bit, it ends up paying off. Um, some of the, just the main characters especially, there's a child in the manga, his name is Yahiko, and he is, uh, like, he's basically a, a homeless kid. His his parents were samurai, and they were killed, and uh, so he, he starts off as, like, this pickpocketing little punk, and he's really annoying for the first, like, half of the manga, but you see him grow as he watches Kenshin, and you see him mature because he's he's very much this like firecracker i'll do what i want you know like not entitled but almost like 
like he can do everything, but the more that he watches Kenshin in particular, but also the other characters as well, um, he really grows into something really special by the end of the manga, him in particular, but really the effect that the different characters have on each other, I think is, is just done really well. It feels, it feels very human. So the characters are one of the main reasons that I like the manga. The other reason is, well, Kenshin, can I just say that? No, not really. It's that at its core, this story is about a man dealing with his past. It's a story about redemption. Because uh, Kenshin's introduced in the beginning, you know, he's a very noble character. But throughout the course of the manga, you really see him struggle with what he's done and how it affects other people around him. Uh, at first, it seems like he has it all together and that he always has an answer for you know the bad guys and he'll always come out on top based on his own personal philosophy that he won't kill anyone anymore. But throughout the course of the manga, time and time again, his philosophy is challenged and you see him like it's crazy. You see him pushed to the very limits. Like, again, I don't want to give anything away, but he goes through some hard stuff um, to the point where you're not quite sure how he's going to get out of what's happened. You're not quite sure if he's ever going to come back to where he was before. Like, yeah, it's it's him dealing with what he has done. It's him. It, it's this idea of like these competing philosophies and holding on to uh, what you believe is is true and right and good, even in the face of hardship. And that's it's a really like aspirational type of story that is done really well. You know, he's not like given everything. <laughs> he's certainly not a Mary Sue or anything like that. Um, yes, he's extremely strong, but you see him push to his limits as well. So those are the reasons why I love it so much. Is there anything wrong with it? Well, if I were to nitpick, um, you know, what are some of the, some of the bad things? Well, like I said earlier, it is a shonen manga. And so there are some cartoony elements at times. Um, I love, like I mentioned earlier, that there is humor thrown in there. I think Watsuki-san does it really well in how he integrates the humor into the, into it without taking away from kind of the serious nature of some other parts. Um, but these cartoony elements, like sometimes when the characters learn new attacks, because there's lots of fighting in the manga, it is kind of like standard anime manga type attack things where it's like, it's not physically humanly possible for them to do this, but it's some like new mega attack that they can pull off kind of a thing. Uh, you know, take it for what it's worth. It's a shonen manga is all that I'm saying. So I'm putting that in like the negative. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm like trying to nitpick here, but this is my favorite manga. And this is what I'm coming up with is like, yeah, it, it has some shonen tropes in there. Um, and then uh, as I mentioned before, overall, I think this is very consistent as a manga. But there are times when it feels like it drags a little bit in the story until you finally see what... Watsuki-san is building towards. Um, it, it, basically, there are parts within the manga where, like I said, it, you know, it focuses on, on a certain character and they're off doing their own thing. And it's kind of like, okay, yeah, whatever. Like, that was kind of boring for a few chapters until you figure out kind of how that uh, plays into the overall story and that person's character arc. 
Also, I'd be remiss if I don't mention it, there are a lot of kind of enemy gauntlet type things where the the antagonists kind of build a a, a following of like really special swordsmen. You know, I have the the 12 most deadliest swordsmen in the entire uh, Japanese region. And so then Kenshin and his friends have to fight 12 of them back to back. And so, you know, these five chapters are this character facing one of the 12. And then the next five chapters are the character facing another of the 12. You know, again, it feels more like shonen in its structure. But most of the time, it, it like those fights actually say something about those characters and those characters learn within that uh, structured kind of fight. So it, it basically what I'm saying is it can feel a little rote sometimes, but overall what is being done, what is being shown about the different characters comes through really well. So overall, like I said, I love it. If you can't tell, 20 minutes in, I'm rambling a little bit. I flippin' love this manga. I would highly recommend it. Get yourself a Shonen Jump subscription, two bucks a month, and read through the manga. It is fantastic. Um, And yeah, I highly recommend it. It's a story about redemption and dealing with your past and moving forward. And it's, uh, yeah, it's just, it's good. It's fun. I I like it. I like it a lot. Since I'm running low on time, I can't really talk at length about some of the other media because uh, Roni Kenshin's really popular in Japan, and there's lots of like spinoffs and things that have come out. Um, I did watch through their live action movies of Roni Kenshin that are actually good. Like what? <laughs> the transition from good manga or anime into live action movie that is actually good. I mean, I don't know of any other ones outside, of, you know, maybe, well, Pokemon doesn't count because that was a game. <laughs> Detective Pikachu, but, or was that a manga first? I don't know. I know that was a 3DS game, but regardless, doesn't matter. They're actually really good movies. Um, you can get yourself a subscription to Funimation if you want to watch them. They kind of follow the overall story arcs, even if they change things, because you can only you can only say so much in two hours in order to kind of create the same type of story. Um, they're really well done, and as two and two hour, two and a half hour movies, I think they're kind of like the best that you could possibly get. Um, I, I would kind of parallel them with the Lord of the Rings movies where if you know the books and you watch the movies, it's like, man, they chopped out so much in order to kind of condense it and make it palatable for a movie. But I still really like the movie. That's kind of how Roroni Kenshin is as well. They, they, you know, I said that one of the things I love about the manga are the characters and they gut a lot of the characters. Not that they remove them, but they, they don't give you the development like they have in the manga. And so there are things about these movies that are like, eh, it, it's, it's, it, you kind of just have to accept it based on the medium itself. Um, even if it's not like the best representation, it's like, hey, if you don't want to spend <laughs> the time reading through 255 chapters of manga, uh, instead you can watch these movies and, and you can watch you know four movies that go through all three of these arcs. Um, it's going to take you a lot less time. You know, you could go through them in a week if you if you have free evenings kind of a thing as opposed to, I don't know, a few months it took me to go through the actual manga. And finally, I don't like mentioning this. I don't like bringing this up, but I kind of just feel like, I don't know, I feel like I have to, even though I don't know why I have to. But um, if you go and search out the the creator of Roni Kenshin, uh, 
Uh, he was just a few years ago, he was charged with uh, possession of child pornography. And so there's a lot of like backlash on the internet of, of basically saying like, you know, F this guy. Um, and well, I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm not into cancel culture, but it's, I mean, that it's, it's just sad. I'll, I'll put it that way. It's very sad that, um, that he participated in that in some way, you know, basically he possessed this, the stuff, um, from what I could see from Wikipedia, um, which is, which is really sad that he would play into that industry that is actively predatory, especially against children in such a horrible way that damages people. Um, I think it goes to show that he's only human. Uh, I, I will say, like I mentioned earlier, I don't think that the manga has anything, any kind of um, connotations of that at all, uh, especially when you look at kind of the broader uh, climate of anime and manga. It is, it doesn't, it doesn't come up at all. Um, so it is kind of one of those situations where you you can divorce the creator from the creation sort of a thing, or at least I, d I don't see any of it in the actual manga itself. Um, but it is a shame. Like it was sad for me to see that a guy who created something that I love so much, um, has such a, like a, such a horrible failing now, of course, yes, there is grace. And uh, like I said, <laughs> Roni Kenshin is a story about redemption. Um, so yes, Jesus offers forgiveness for our sins. And if that's something that you are, if pornography is something that you are struggling with, um, there is freedom in Jesus Christ. Uh, let me encourage you, get the help that you need and, and run to Christ for forgiveness um, because he is a great savior and he will save you from that. Uh, in this situation in particular, I don't have any answers. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Um, it's just sad. And I, I, I just felt like I also had to bring it up because I didn't want to stick my head in the sand. If you feel like you can't support him because of that, I understand because that is a horrible um, industry to partake in, in in any way. You know, it's not not defending him. He didn't create any of it, but he possessed it. And so that is feeding into that horrible predatory industry that destroys lives. So even if you can't support the artist of, of this story, I get it. But the story itself, I think, is fantastic. And again, I would highly recommend it. Um, there's so much more that could be said about it. And I would love to hear it. If you want to, uh, you know, reach out and nerd out a little bit about Roni Kenshin, I would freaking love it because I think it's just a fantastic manga. There's there's a lot of, like like I said, spinoffs and things, a bunch of games that only were released in Japan, which I'm sure are not very good because that's generally how anime and manga adaptations of video games like are. They're, they're, they're usually not very good, but you know, I guess it is, it is what it is. Uh, anyways, I'll quit rambling here. So till next time, guys. Keep eating down your backlogs, and we'll keep breaking down the benefits.
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Backlog Breakdown. If you want to join in the conversation, you can email us at thebacklogbreakdown at gmail.com or join our Facebook group, The Backlog Book Club, on Facebook. And on Twitter, our handle is at bbdowncast. Of course, you can also catch Nate and I on our social media platforms like Facebook, Twitter, and the GG app. I go by Broccolope, that's spelled B-R-O-C-C-O-L-O-P-E, and Nate goes by Nate underscore McKeever. Till next time, loggers, you keep beating down those backlogs, and we'll keep breaking down the benefits.